Welcome back to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson, Mm -hmm. and um, we are just finishing up uh, Zechariah 7 and 8. Yes. um, I think as we ended last time on uh, chapter 8, we were in verses 1 through 8, Mm -hmm. and it just occurred to me how interesting it was. It doesn't, it seems like we've gone way off the subject. Oh, yeah. Here. Like yeah. they've asked this question mm-hmm. and he kind of alluded to why were you fasting in the first place? Mm-hmm. And then we get to chapter eight and he starts talking about the future, this, the future and how great everything's going to be. And there's going to be peace in the land. Mm-hmm. There's going to be old people and young people. It's going to be full of people. God's already dwelling there. Yes. He's bringing you to dwell there with him. Yes. And no mention of the word fast in verses no. one through eight for no. sure. Yeah. So we're, but he's getting there. Yeah. So um, just yeah, hang with us here. Yep. But Luke or Eric. <laughs> and like we had said last time, verses, uh, it's chapter seven, verse one, all the way to the end of chapter eight is one block. And the way you know that is because it's literarily formed in such a way so that it clearly goes together. And we're going to explain right. that, explain that a little bit more by the time explain we get to that. explain that. We're going to explain that <laughs> just like Ricky Ricardo would a little bit more right. before we get to uh, the end, by the time we get to the end of chapter eight. So here we are though, in the middle of this thing and we are in chapter eight, verse nine. So uh, let's read, I'll read this time, I guess, from chapter 8, verse 9 through the end of the chapter. And all we're doing is we're continuing this same back and forth that he's having um, or his response, Zechariah's response to these men who have come in this delegation to ask, what should we do in our fasting practices now? And so here he continues in his response, chapter 8, verse 9. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Let your hands be strong, you who in these days have been hearing these words from the mouth of the prophets who were present on the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid, that the temple might be built. For before those days there was no wage for man or any wage for beast, neither was there any safety from the foe for him who went out or came in, for I set every man against his neighbor. But now I will not deal with the remnant of this people as in former days, declares the Lord of hosts, for there shall be a sowing of peace. The vine shall give its fruit, and the ground shall give its produce, and the heavens shall give their dew. And I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these things. And as you have been a byword of cursing among the nations, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you, and you shall be a blessing. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. For thus says the Lord of hosts, as I purpose to bring disaster to you when your fathers provoked me to wrath, and I did not relent, says the Lord of hosts, so again have I purposed in these days to bring good to Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Fear not. These are the things that you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. And love no false oath. For all these things I hate, declares the Lord. And the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, 
the fast of the fourth month and the fast of the fifth and the fast of the seventh and the fast of the tenth shall be to the house of Judah seasons of joy and gladness and cheerful feasts. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. Thus says the Lord of hosts, People shall yet come, even the inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go at once to entreat the favor of the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I myself am going. Many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, In those days ten men from the nations of every tongue shall take hold of the robe of a Jew, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Okay. Beautiful. I love that. Right? Yeah, boy, that is This indie. has become one of my favorites. Mm. So. Well, I can see why, and it's very obvious God is giving them a a very good word in response to their request here through Zechariah. He does have requirements for them. He wants them to live up to their part of the covenant, which we're very, he's very clear in verse 16 of chapter 8 is all about speaking the truth to one another, rendering in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. Some uh, very phrase that we had heard before from chapter 7. And love no false oath for all these things I hate. So these, this is what you shall do, shall not do uh, as you continue to be my people in this land. So beautiful the way that works out. Whenever we come to verse 9 and following, as we're just um, going into this second part here, I think in 9 through 13, the major emphasis for me is found in verse 12. For there shall be a sowing of peace. The vine shall give its fruit. You said 9. Sorry. I'm sorry. Chapter 8, verse 12. Yes. For there shall be a sowing of peace, the vine shall give its fruit, and the ground shall give its produce, and the heavens shall give their due. I think that's probably central to this paragraph. And, and the reason is because it really, really pushes our emphasis back to the land itself. What's the land? How's Which it going to receive God's blessing? We could go back to blessing? verse 14 of 7 Yes, and see... The land was made desolate. Yes, right. And now he's changing that. Yes. So in verse chapter 8, verse 1 through 8, for those who listened last time, we made a strong emphasis on old people and young people, how the population will flourish. There will be all generations filling the streets and having a wonderful life together. So there's our emphasis on people themselves, emphasis on the abundance of people. Here in verse 9 through 13, especially with verse 12, we're getting an emphasis on the abundance of the land, the abundance that will be created through the land and through God's prospering the land. Mm -hmm. So we have people promise, progeny promise, and land promise, both emphasized right here at the heart of this passage. Which takes us right back to, which we'll get to in a little bit mm-hmm. again, right back to uh, Genesis 12. Yes. And the promises that he gave Abraham. To Abraham, all the way back to Abraham, yeah. Where Abraham receives from Genesis 12 through the end of his life more than once. He receives promises about progeny, about his uh, uh, 
the, the children and their children and their children that will come from him, how many they'll be. And then he received promises about the land itself that God was giving him and those who came after him. Right. So that's what we have here. It's a very clear to me. Covenant. Uh, yep. Just covenant being reemphasized. This is what God has promised and he's continuing to keep these promises. So beautiful in the way that it's worked out here so that that hits the very center of our passage. Yes. Um, and, and all of the land, uh, the land is even dependent on the right relationship between people and God. Yeah. Everything definitely. is dependent on that. Yes. And I think we tend to not see how those are related. Right. We're not good at that. But... But I if the people have a strong and good relationship with land, with uh, God, then their land will flourish. And if they don't, then their land will become desolate. Right. And, and this is more talking clear. in people groups, not mm-hmm. necessarily. Uh, Maybe not so much about yes. Although Indi- individuals, I'm sure it applies at times, to it. Times, yes. But... If God wants to work that way, He can do whatever <laughs> He wants. But I think you're right. The, the definitely the primary emphasis here is on the people as a whole. Um, and you had already said Genesis chapter 12, just for those who may not know that blessing in chapter 12, one through verse three uh, of Genesis, whenever God first calls Abraham, that's the very first thing we get in his call. And it's really echoed here in verse 13. Um, a, a reader who is attentive to this be very hard for you mm-hmm. to miss. And so when it says here in verse 13, uh, at the end and you shall be a blessing toward the yeah. end and you shall be a blessing. Well, that's almost identical to what is said to Abraham when well, we very me first read, meet let him. Let me read Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Great. Do that for us. Uh, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. So that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Well, you will be a blessing. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And that just, just, this is, this is absolutely (laughs) throwing our minds right back to that point. I think, no question. So the people would hear this and feel very connected to their ancestor and that God was going to work through them uh, the way he had promised. And as they've been in captivity, they have been a byword, a a curse word. Yes. Um, Yes. But now he's going to make them a blessing. People will use their name as a blessing now. Right. Yeah. What a wonderful thing. I think that's awesome. He tells them twice in this little part to fear not. Well, he tells them more than that, but Fear not and let your hands be strong, which I think is a callback to, um, well, there's a lot of places, but in Joshua, I'm just thinking of um, him telling Joshua to be strong and of good courage before they entered the land. Yes. Uh, You know, this is that same imagery, just using Mm -hmm. these words. Mm-hmm. And that would have pulled up this imagery for these people. They are coming back to the promised land. Yeah. And he is giving them possession. Right. And absolutely. They need to be strong and, and courageous mm-hmm. and not be fearful because it's not going to be easy. No. But correct. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I want to 
just point out too, if you were, if we were reading and you were hearing Lord of Hosts a whole bunch, um, then that was no mistake. I'm probably a lot of y'all heard me say when we started this text that Zechariah uses the name more than any other author in Scripture by far. Um, out of 243 times in the Old Testament, Zechariah uses it 51 of those times. So for his short. 14 chapters. He's using Lord of Hosts 51 times. Well, then we get to hear chapter seven and eight, use it 24 times. Yeah. 24 of the huge. 51 that he uses is Lord of Hosts right here. So really that strong emphasis on just how the Lord is, has all power, yeah. all power. I mean, he's the Completely Lord of the armies. Sovereign. He can do what he wants, when he wants. Well, yes. it even says here, you know, like in 14, As I purposed to bring disaster to you when your fathers provoked me to wrath, and I didn't relent, says the Lord of hosts. Mm -hmm. So again, I have purposed in these days to bring good. So they've already seen the yeah. bad that happened. Yeah. And he's saying, I was responsible. Yes. But I, I have purposed now to bring good mm -hmm. to Jerusalem and yes. the house of Judah. Mm -hmm. Fear not. Um, so he's saying, just as sure as that was. This yes. is sure too. Yes. You can depend on it. I am in control. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Very much. He's a, that's what I think he's saying too. Yes. And this, so. And this speak truth to one another. Mm -hmm. Render in the gate your uh, judgments that are true. And make for peace. Those are the things he loves. Yeah. And then he says the things don't do that he hates. Right. Correct. Yeah. Very clear. Absolutely. Beautiful little comparison. When we are looking at that in verse 14 through 17 of chapter 8, 14 through 17. Now he's talking again, like you just said, about the things that he wants them to do. Verse 16, these are the things you shall do. And he says these things. Kind of, then, this, kind of you can take that back to 7 verse 9. Chapter 7 verse 9. And uh, so... This is actually mirroring that part right there. Verse 17, you get a very clear, um, do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. Well, that does sound, that is identical to uh, what we hear in verse 10 of chapter 7. Let none of you devise evil against one another in your heart. That is the same. And so these are clues to us that, oh, those pieces go together. Now those pieces... Let's say chapter 14 through or verse 14 through 17 of chapter 8 and chapter 7, I would say starting in verse 7 and going to the end of the chapter, those two pieces go together. Mm -hmm. Then if I go to verse, let's say I'll just start in chapter, go back to chapter 7 here. In chapter 7, verse 4 through 6 are where... Zechariah is first starting to answer, or he's giving them a question back to their question about fasting. He's not going to answer it yet, but he's throwing attention on it and saying, why were you doing this in the first place? Right. And we hear him start talking about the whole fast issue. Well, in 8.18 through 19, this is where he closes that whole fasting yes, issue. He gives them the answer. Yep. And the answer is? Those days are going to be for fat feasting now. Yeah. They're yep. going to be full of joy, joy and gladness and cheerful feasts. Yep. Beautiful. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. It's That's just, right. I mean, it's 
turning their fasting into feasting. Wow. Mourning into dancing. That's right. Absolutely. So those two pieces then go together. So do you see how we're backing up here from the middle? We started, if we start in the middle, eight, one through 13. Now we've backed up two more, if you will, two more pieces on either side. Right. So this that's a, that's five pieces we've seen so far. Now we two we have two pieces left, and those are seven one through three, and seven tw- or eight twenty through twenty three. Yes. And the reason we know this again, he's given us a very clear phrase in chapter seven verse two at the end of verse two, entreat the favor of the Lord. That's why they came yes. to seek. Zechariah was to entreat the favor of the Lord. Well, then I go to 8.20 through 23, and twice in this very few verses here, I see that people are going to come to entreat the favor of the Lord. Verse 21 and verse 22 both have how even strong nations, cities, and then even strong nations and peoples will come to entreat the favor of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So those two phrases used only here and here, mm-hmm. let me know, oh, these are pieces that go together. <laughs> so in reading, this is a big chiasm. And the center of the chiasm, like we said, is chapter 8, 1 through 13, where he is hammering home. I think it's an eight-part chiasm. And at the center pieces, which go together, are uh, a hammering of the offspring promise to Abraham, peoples will populate and be abundant and fill the land. And then the land promise where the land itself will produce an abundance uh, because God's blessing is on it. So it's, it's a covenant passage. Yes, very much so. so. A repeating of the covenant promise. Yeah. So as we get a little further into that, just so people will know verse 18 in 19, whenever he's answering about the fast there, he actually throws two more in um, than they had said before. When they came, they just asked about one. Right. And then there was another and one. And then he threw in another one to him whenever he was first mm-hmm. asking him back his okay. question. Yep. And so here he's going to, though, he brings up four different ones. Well, turns all out. All of them. <laughs> what's that? Yeah. All, all of, of your fasts. All of your fasts. Yep. Turns out the two that he throws in here also are connected to uh, the Jerusalem siege uh, and what happened there and everything that was surrounding those ugly days of the fall of Jerusalem. So he ticks off all four of these fasts that people have been doing while they're in captivity and says that you know what? The days of fa- the time of fasting on those days is over. God is going to turn those days into feast days. That's yes. going to be a time for joyfulness and cheerfulness. Yes. And there's so, work to do, so let's get on with it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and be joyful. And um, of course, I just love that in um, verses 20 through 23. Mm-hmm. These are the best. <laughs> some this of the is best right oh, here. It's like, oh my goodness, this completes the purpose of the call of Abraham yes uh, for me because it's talking about these many peoples and strong nations are coming to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and entreat the favor of the Lord thus the Lord of hosts and thus is the Lord of hosts 
In those days, 10 men from the nations of every tongue, which we could take that to Acts 2 5. Yes. Um, shall take hold of the robe of a Jew. What Jew? Gigi, <laughs> <laughs> no, what Jew? <laughs> Saying, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Yeah. yeah. That just, I'm sorry, that just makes me have chills all over because this is the promise. All yeah. nations will be blessed. And it, it is Jesus who's going to be the ultimate fulfillment of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And we get to play a part in that. Bringing people with us, mm-hmm. and I, of course, I wrote a blog about. It kind of has something to do with this passage, yeah. but this taking hold of the robe, I couldn't help but think of um, the woman in Mark five, who has the issue of blood, right? And she's reaching out just if she can just touch his robe, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I see here. These people are just if they can take hold, and that word. Mm-hmm. Take hold there is a really strong, intense word. Yes. Um, That's what I thought. And from Hebrews, well, no, I'm sorry. From Exodus 4.4 in 1 Samuel 17.35, both of those are the only other two times those that phrase is used in Hebrew. And it's um, when... Moses reaches out yes. in one and grabs the serpent. So he yes. grabbed with grab with some it's seriousness. For his life. Moses, I mean, yeah, he can't know. just be tentative about this. Yep. And the other one is talking about when David was a shepherd and a bear or a lion would come, uh, at, the sheep. come at the sheep and how he would wrestle them and grab them by the beard uh-huh. and kill them. So grab that fur around. Yes. Yeah. And so right he's there. whole. I mean, you can imagine yeah. you're holding on for dear life. I you mean, cannot do it with again. <laughs> both of those are wild animal passages, basically. Right. You, can, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna deal with a wild animal, you do not do it timidly. You got to get it. It's a life or death yep. situation. So yep. this taking hold of the rope yes. of a Jew. Very interesting. It's I very think. yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's great. Um, really and great. and um, one of the books I was reading, and of course because it's Christmas, this just stood out to me. But uh, even this was foretelling about the wise men mm-hmm. who would, I don't know what sign they saw and what they thought they were seeing, mm-hmm. but they were alert to it and they went to grab hold of the rope yeah. of a Jew yeah. um, because it was their only hope. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to realize that this is our only hope for life mm-hmm. and grab hold with that kind of intensity yes and yeah absolutely right anyway so I, I, did we have more to say about this i didn't mean to um no that's great off. i think you've uh we basically made it down to where we wanted to be and that whole emphasis at the end is so beautiful i i want to remember remind people that uh, here at Eat Scripture, we just really take Jesus's words so seriously in Luke chapter 24, 27 and uh, 24, 44 through 47 and other places in the Old Testament where the apostles are making the very same. New Testament. Uh, I'm sorry, New Testament. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> where the apostles are making the very same argument that Jesus is the one, the lens by which we interpret the whole Old Testament. If we really want to know what's here, we have to look through him. 
And so this whole passage becomes about us, right. us establishing, so yes, we're the ones who are freed. We're the ones who are called into his kingdom. And then to when we get there, yes, we're dwelling with him. We're building his temple. Paul talks about this and stones that we are, um, Peter, Paul, both talk about this, stones that we are in the temple that's being built out of us, which means out of the people, all the people who come to him now. Uh, that's what's happening. We are, we are actively in this Zechariah process as we are people who have found our new home and are rebuilding, as it were, God's uh, temple to him. That's what's happening right here. So when we get to 23, like Gina said, 8.23, it should come as no surprise that when we see people reaching out, wait, 10 men reaching out to grab... The the completion. Yes, to take hold, to grab the rub of a Jew. Oh, well, essentially, even though, yes, I can certainly see this as being, Mm -hmm. you know, just... Okay, it's telling me that people are really going to want to come to Yahweh. They're going to be looking for people to lead them into his presence. But ultimately, ultimately, the greatest fulfillment of this takes place in Jesus when, just like that woman, we see, oh, he's the one who people cannot wait to grab hold of his garments because they know he's the one that God is really with. Oh, my goodness, we hear God is with you. We want you. Uh, to be close to us so that that's a beautiful picture and I think this is how we're coming to this more and more taking Jesus at his word that everything is about him which is exactly how we see the apostles writing the New Testament whenever they're quoting the Old Testament they are they are just linking it straight to him straight to what he's done we have been these words that he used uh, I believe in verse 13 and Oh, I should have looked at this just a second before. There's another place where it uses the word save. Mm-hmm. That will save you. Yeah. Um, those are both the word that is for saving uh, from captivity. Gotcha. Um, we have been saved from captivity. So I don't have to come up with a lot of applications for this. I just, it's right there. Mm-hmm. It's jumping yes. off the page. This is about. Yes. yes, it's about these people in this time, but it's also so much about very me much about us today and how we are um, relating to our call. Yes, from God. Yes, and we have the same same directives. Right. Uh, you right. know, speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another and love no false oaths. Yes. These are things that and we that should kindness, be about. that chesed for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, taking absolutely. care of the widows Living and the orphans and the poor. Yep. Uh, he's saying here, follow the spirit of the law mm-hmm. over the letter of the law. Don't be so concerned about all the, you know. Yeah. Which day do I fast? Yeah. I don't want to miss it. Yeah. Let's follow his heart. Yes. These are the, this is what God really wants. The fasts are great if the rest of your life is in order. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. so I, for one, have been really, I've loved these two chapters so much. Mm-hmm. They kind of surprised me because uh, we've been having all these visions and mm-hmm. uh, flying yeah. things. And <laughs> yeah. Crazy things happening. And so I've really enjoyed uh, seven and eight being a little bit more of a narrative, and uh, so yeah. that's just been—it's really, 
been the highlight of my week. Excellent. Excellent. Um, we are about to get into chapters 9 and 10 where we're going to have a lot of poetry. So you might want to read those, uh, take a look at those before next week. If it you won't be boring. With us. It will not be boring. For those of you who uh, are not so sure about poetry or how you feel about poetry, well, there is untold riches uh, waiting to be found in biblical poetry. Um, do not be scared of it. It may be a little bit not like things we're used to reading and not like, like uh, things that we're used to trying to gain insight from. But what we're going to find is that it is filled with treasures and God's going to bless us just for being in it. That's what he wants yeah. to do. And that's what he always does. Yes, he always does. More than we can expect or imagine. So. Yes. And plus, chapters 9 through the end of the book, boy, oof, Jesus, wow. Boy, if you want to see him in scripture, <laughs> like we haven't been seeing him already yeah. in verses one, chapters 1 through 8. Oh my goodness. It's going to get maybe even more. So I don't I'm know I'm so thankful say that. for that that he makes yeah. every book in this wonderful word of God yeah, uh, relevant to us because he shows us Jesus in yes. every one of them. And yes. There's great riches there. So. Awesome. Uh, awesome okay. riches. Well, love you all. Hope you have a terrific week and another great few days as we, um, between this and our next podcast. And we will look forward to talking to you again, joining you in Zechariah. And again, maybe for the first time, a lot of you hopefully are getting some wonderful insight from God as we go through this book together. So thank y'all for joining us in our study. Yep. Have a great night.